Hello everyone and welcome back to Donkey's Garage for episode 26 of season 2. This was racing in Japan. Just a week after Singapore, we were watching the race, perhaps in one of the most iconic tracks in the calendar with the Esser turns, which are a mix of, of, of insanely fast flowing corners with, well, requiring quite a lot of technique, requiring quite a lot of, of downforce, with a track that also has some pretty decent straights, especially the back one, which then requires a fair bit of, 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 of low track performance, which is perfect to see well-balanced cars. And although it's a medium downforce track, it has kind of a nice balance between slow corners, fast flowing corners, such as the Senna SS at the start, with then the iconic 130 left turn, which perhaps is one of the most daring places to overtake. And of course, I have in mind Alonso and Schumacher back in the days, 2006, I believe it was where Alonso overtook Schumacher on the outside on a turn that is, you would think, impossible to, to risk it on the outside and still keep it together. As you take the 130, you're almost flat out, and then you arrived at the last chicane of the track in order to, to rejoin the main straight. But this is not a history lesson, it's more about Japan 2023, what did happen at Suzuka. And as always, it is a vibrant place because of the fans. Japanese fans are notorious for being original, for being one of the most dedicated fan base there is out there. They do give 150%, 2000%, like they give it all for, 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 for Formula One, for their, for their drivers. They wear incredible, incredibly complex outfits to show their the support. They wear all the, the garments that, that you wear as a driver, helmet, um, the overall, the, the gloves, they wear absolutely everything. Some of us have some, some incredibly fashionable hats which replicate a Formula One with, well, I mean, the rear wing with even a DRS installed on it, so quite, quite fun to watch. And they are definitely very, very, I mean, dedicated to these, um, to this sport. They, they've, we've seen in the past, they've been there no matter what the conditions were like. Sometimes it's, it's been raining like, like hell and yet they were, loyal as as always and and they stood the rain they stood heat waves i mean they they can stand whatever it is perhaps well known to 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 all of us in 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 western countries these the great the japanese mentalities is one of the most resilient in, in a way they it is the samurai as, as they as them as i guess the americans have coined it um, probably because of branding, I would I would imagine this samurai um, state of mind where you are resilient, when you are 
dedicated way you, are, you control your thoughts, which I'm sure that, that the, these old warriors were, were certainly, they did have a fair share of these uh, great, great characteristics in, in, the, in, the, in the way they behave. But I'm sure the Americans have done a good deal at, at, at branding these in a commercial sense. Um, there is absolutely nothing that I know that an American businessman cannot turn into a profitable business. Um, be that through Hollywood, be that through through any sort of scheme they, they possibly can imagine. But leaving aside um, this, this commentary about Americans, um, straight into, into the weekend now with some, some mild, I would say, thoughts into what was going to happen was the question, the, the most important question was where would Red Bull be? They had a quite a devastating, quite a bad weekend in Singapore with an average that was certainly below what people expected. Yet it wasn't as bad in, in terms of uh, Verstappen. He still came, I think, fifth at the end of the day. So, yes, he came fifth at the end of the day. So it was not the worst scenario, but he still got points. But certainly he did not show the 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 uncanny performance that he's had in the in the, well, I mean, all through the season except in Singapore, and I would I, I think we can confirm that the technical regulation that was adopted in Singapore that was supposed to limit the flexibility of wings has not had the impact that that some of us thought it would have on Red Bull, and I have to say that I myself perhaps jumped the gun of thinking that the technical regulation had something to do with their performance in Singapore. Definitely not in, in Japan and Suzuka. They've been back where, where they certainly belong at the moment, dominating the field. And Verstappen has been absolutely in, a, in another league, just pulling away as always with, with just, I, I would say, relaxed, not, not even nervous about it. With FP1, FP2 and FP3 mostly dominated, I mean, he, he topped the, the grid every time and I would I think I, he, did, he didn't even have a, minute of a, a second of a doubt. Q1, Q2, Q3, except for Q2 where he was, I would say, um, he, he didn't top the charts in Q2, but I mean, at the end of the day, what matters is Q3, so almost a perfect weekend with Q1 and Q3 uh, leading the boards there. And yes, he qualified, of course, for Verstappen being first. He qualified first indeed, with Piastri second, Norris third, which is incredible for, for the two McLarens. They, I think, really, really had this great performance in Suzuka. He fits what, what, what the, the, this McLaren needs, the MCL 60. These fast flowing corners, it's a it's medium downforce. It really did do them well. So Piastri and Norris, then Leclerc with a Ferrari that was a bit more shadowed than than, than it was in Singapore or, or Monza. It, it wasn't showing such performance, but still, I think they, quite a quite a decent performance with Leclerc coming fourth and Sainz coming sixth. So a Balanced, I would say, if it gives a fair, 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 fair image of where they they are at the moment. Would certainly not where they want like to be. I think, guess the I, I would I would reckon that they would like to be fighting right up there with, with Verstappen as they have been, or given the 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 false image to be 
both in 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 Monza and you could say in definitely you could definitely say in Singapore. When I say Monza, I say with 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 a pinch of salt because Red Bull was still dominating, but they did have the qualifying where they they were able to to take it from from Verstappen. So I think it was it was quite a a, an opportunity there and it did show the step up for, for, for the team but I think this still Ferrari they should still be re relatively happy with it qualifying Paris 5th which again um, it just seems not to be enough especially when your teammate is pulling a second and a half on you with presumably the same material so not, not exactly what you would like but it just seems that Paris is is on a on a on a turbulent place at the moment, and I will explain this comment later. Then Hamilton in seventh position, followed by Russell. Then Tsunoda, who actually was driving at home, him being Japanese, of course, although he currently lives in Faenza, next to the close by to the to the to the factory of AlphaTauri, in order to to really maximize his maximize his involvement in the development of the car and i think it's been a positive move since since um he's been on an uphill i mean he's been performing rather rather well and he's just improving race by race so really good performance by him qualifying ninth and followed by alonso with an aston martin that just seems to have lost all all touch with with the front runners an Aston Martin that that seems to 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 be quite capricious in a way. It just has some some preferences, and it just seems at the moment that those preferences are are not there. I mean, tracks which were supposed to fit the Aston just turned out to be quite the opposite. And I'm thinking of Hungary. I'm thinking of Singapore. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just quite difficult to, to, to understand why. I have to add something to the Singapore comment is that it turns out, but hasn't been confirmed by the team, that Alonso was actually running all the race with a broken wishbone, um, which would explain potentially his, his lack of performance in Singapore, but it would definitely not explain the lack of performance in Japan at Suzuka which again is just it was a struggle for the team with his teammate straw qualifying p17 which i mean again is just the same comments as always it seems that it's a team that is running with one leg as opposed to running with two legs it's just like trying to to play tennis with your hands tight behind your back all you can do is, 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 is I, I have even no idea of even what you can do. It's just hard to explain why the, the, the team is holding so desperately to, to, to keeping Stroll in the seat for next year. They confirmed that they're happy with the alignment. Just in my opinion, they are doing a, a big mistake there, especially if they want to be fighting for something more than that they need to have both drivers scoring big big points on a consistent basis the only reason i can imagine that he would be retained and kept in the seat for next year and beyond that would be because of his family name but 
I I would imagine that his father being a, a, a businessman, he should be able to to differentiate business and family. And I mean, even if his family, his son, he should see that, that he's just not performing where he should be. And all these is actually making him lose money. So at the end of the day, I think he should candidly say to his son, perhaps go go buy yourself a go-kart and, and enjoy yourself as many other drivers do through the weekend and just uh, leave the spot for somebody else who actually can do something for the team. With that said, honorable mention for, for Lawson again, qualifying P11 again, I mean, very good performance, very close to Sonoda, who knows the team, who's been in the team for longer, and still Lawson is, is doing a great job with learning to, to, to drive a car, which he's barely done two full, full races with. Puts, I think, a the spotlight on AlphaTauri for their decision or mis I would say perhaps mistaken decision to extend Ricardo for next year. They confirmed both Tsunoda and Ricardo as drivers for next year. And I am wondering whether this was a good decision because you've got Tsunoda who's doing a good job, but you've got Ricardo who's just I'm not sure if he's if he's doing a good job. I mean he's he's still in recovery. He hasn't been confirmed at all as of yet for Qatar. So it just seems that he's, it's going to be a wash of the end of season for him. And I mean, you've got a, t a driver here at the end of the day who's, who's doing a good job, a bloody good job. So I'm not sure they, they are doing a favor to themselves by, by, by not putting Lawson on, on the car next year. That's my opinion. But anyways, I have to also mention the, the massive shunt that Sargent had during qualifying. It brought a red flag just on the last corner before the main straight, which is a downhill right-hander. And it's a common mistake. You go wide because you're trying to straighten the car as soon as possible as you come out from the nice right-hander curb you've got there. Because, I mean, you've got first chicane, you, you kind of go over it in order to really take a late apex and jump through the second left-hander of the sheet cane and then you go through the right-hander and that right-hander you've got just the nice curb there's there's kind of on of course on the side of the of the of the turn there's hugging the curb all the way and then you put your right front tire on that curb and you just have to really really control the accelerator until you have this traction because it's a zone where i mean you're downhill at the end of the day you've got your car that just comes out of jumping all over the place from 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 turn one on the of the sheet came to the second so you're quite unstable and then you kind of plunge the car you plant it on a nice right straightish line and at the moment you have to play with it with throttle very very careful in order to really straighten the car and try to get the maximum top speed in order to reach the first corner with with the maximum top speed i would imagine and at that moment you try to to go to hug the 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 outside of the of the of the turn and a common mistake which turned out to be quite quite damaging mistake was that you 
you have grass on on the left hand side of that corner on the outside of that corner and as soon as you touch that grass you are you're doomed and i mean many drivers have done it before latifi did it with williams last year and so did logan Sargent, who hasn't been confirmed as a driver next year and it seems that he's making a case for himself not to be renewed he just has crush after crush Singapore again now in 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 Suzuka really costly driver I think it's currently the most expensive drivers in terms of damage to the car on the grid so not something you you would enjoy and well that's that's qualifying it did put quite a lot of pressure on drivers the the track was evolving quite rapidly especially in Q3 where where you saw the the chain, I mean a shift in in, in in terms of the order as as I guess the the, the grip improved. So straight into Sunday with the wind apparently having changed, which some of you might wonder what why does it matter? I mean why does wind matter at all? Well, cars are very subset subset subsist. Susceptible to wind. Sorry for that mumbling. Sometimes bringing words are difficult to pronounce, um, especially when you're tired. I would say. Well, as I say, these these cars are very susceptible to to wind, and especially if you look at cars from the 2017 era. You would you would see that these cars were so so sensible to to wind that there's just a tiny a tad of change would utterly change the performance of the car, turning it into into from a from a front runner to a structure at the back. These days they're a bit less sensible to these wind changes, but still they they are I mean they they are at the end of the day aero machines and they they live on 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 air, on the way air pushes the car to the ground. And so the first turn and the 130 turn are two very difficult turns and they, they your setup relatively is designed around these, the way the wind affects the car at the end of the day, if I make myself clear. So when you're down, going downhill, for your first turn at Suzuka on Saturday you had the blow, the wind blowing from behind which then was pushing you in a way if you want was pushing the car from behind kind of giving a nice little bump from behind and pushing it so you would have to brake a bit earlier because you have this nice little push from behind and the same happens in 130 when you're going almost flat out of that corner and you take the nice left 130 turn you have the wind blowing from behind so you have a bit of, of, of help and then you, suddenly you find yourself horizontal to the, the actual wind so it's actually pushing you to the side to the outside of, of, the, of, the, of the track what happened on Sunday is that the wind changed and it was actually coming from in front from the front from the front so 
the effect is rather the opposite. When you're going onto the first corner, instead of having the, the, the wind push you, it was actually holding you, it was actually kind of stopping you, it was a barrier against the cars. So you could break later and still make the corner, if, if, you, if you get what I mean. In the SS, if you want another example, it's also very important because the SS is essentially you moving the car from side to side. Imagine yourself, you are in a, in a nice little boat with a lot of wind and you're essentially moving it, rowing it from side to side. So when you're going, I, I don't know if you, some of you might have done sailing, but you will know that you don't actually sail against the wind. You actually do like a pattern, that, which is like a zigzag in order to use the the, latch, the, the the wind that would be on coming from in front of you if you're going straight, you use it on a lateral basis in order to propel you from side to side and then getting you to your destination. So through the S's is a bit the same. You're going from side to side, but each time you change and you switch sides, so blop, plop, Plop, the wind suddenly changes. So if it come, if it's, if it's originally coming from your left side, then it will come to from your left, from your right side, and vice versa. And you switch it, and then you always have to really measure where your braking zone is, because if you've got a turn which instead of being right from 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 your side, but is a bit from behind, it will actually push you a bit further. So you will have to really feel the the, the wind coming and and, and really touching the car and affecting the car and, and really modifying its behavior. So on, on, on the uh, Sunday race, the cars kind of suffered from, from all these wind issues because all the setup had been designed to adapt to, to, to mold to wind coming from behind and now the wind was coming from, from, from the front, which, as I say, to most of us might not be something so, so, so fundamental, but it turns out that it is a very, very important factor. And drivers as cars have to be tuned to that. So some cars might, might, might actually benefit from these changes as opposed to, to others who, who might suffer a bit more if they find themselves going against the wind or, or in, 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 on the same um, direction. So the Stappen to begin with had, I think, quite a very aggressive start. You, you see him doing this technique, which of course is a, is a classic from, from racing, which is when you are off the line, you place both cars kind of on a collision course. The, the run to fit the first corner is actually quite an average run, so it's quite, I would, I would, it's not a short run, it's on, on the medium side, so you still have quite a nice straight ahead of you until you reach the first corner. And the first corner is one which is not a real, real corner until you are on the second apex to, to that corner. So the first apex, you are actually downhill, massive, massive downforce on, on pressure on, on the front of the car, you've got the brake balance, then you have to move it backwards because you're essentially going downhill and the car is just kind of by its weight 
trying to, 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 to I mean, it's rolling down the hill if you like. And then you have the rear tires that have to hold it from behind as if it was a horse. And so you're going downhill and at that moment with the tires almost cold, in, however, I mean, in spite of however well you've warmed them up, but you're going downhill. But for Schappen and, 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 and Piastri actually had a very, very classic maneuvering where you, you get off the line and you have Verstappen on the on the left hand side a perfect start I think it was 20 milliseconds out of, of um, out of the line so his reaction time was was close to nothing and Piastri is on the on the right hand side and Verstappen then of course crosses to the other side and tries to block Piastri from getting the inside to the first corner to the face first first face of the first corner which is essential because if you have the nice inside to the first corner you can then open yourself as you're moving in the middle of the corner and place yourself in the middle of the track in order to block the the driver on your left hand side at that moment and then when you're going to attack the second apex you're just on the right spot where you can press the accelerator just before the other, then you move over the curb just on the outside and then you block it, block him. What did Verstappen do? I mean, he, 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 he read the history books, he did a good job, perfect maneuvering. He went very aggressive, very Michael Schumacher style, very, very aggressive, crossing the line. Schumacher was, a, I think it was his, one of his characteristics, moving across the, of the line. Lewis does that also very aggressive off the line in order to block your, your opponent. And at that moment, he was actually pushing Piastri all the way to the grass where, I mean, there wasn't really a choice between grass or, or our accident. Um, I, we have to actually recall that during the press conference after qualifying, Norris was joking that if by, by some miracle, Piastri and, Nor and Verstappen wanted to, to fight hard, there was some precedence between Prost and Senna having a shunt, and what I mean a shunt, I mean a mass, uh, I mean, uh, an accident, uh, an important accident uh, at the first turn in Suzuka where the Senna essentially pushed off Prost, knowing that if he provoked collision with Prost and they both had a DNF at that moment in 1991, I believe this was, they Senna would win the championship. It was a very cheeky, it was a very unsportsmanlike technique of winning a championship, but it did serve its purpose. And I mean, Prost to this day hasn't really digested that that those pages of the history book. But anyway, Verstappen did did a perfect start, very aggressive, crossing the to the other side of the, of the track, holding Piastri almost again the uh, i mean on uh, pushing him to the grass where you just have to lift off and, and really let verstappen go by and norris was on the left hand side i think just waiting very good off the line also uh, even quicker than than verstappen and he was nicely watching what was happening and he placed himself perfectly just to to I guess to rip the benefits out of this situation, he all—I mean—he definitely was able to to overtake his teammate because Piastri by this time had lost just the 
bit of top speed and by the time he made it to the first corner he he was behind his teammate Norris so it was Verstappen Norris and they were actually very very close Norris tried on Verstappen but again Verstappen did the classic as I was saying he placed his the car right in the middle of the track in order to to prevent Norris from trying anything so Norris had no choice but to follow Verstappen and really try to, to make the corner properly uh, rather than try something on the outside which was doomed to fail. At the back, quite rocky with Zoe having damage, with Bottas having damage, with Alban having damage. This, there, there was, I mean, the I think it was Bottas that collided with Alban. Yeah, I mean, Alban sustained quite a lot of damage. So did Bottas, so did uh, Zoe. Quite, quite a fair bit of damage all, all there. They tried to, to continue. They pitted, but I mean, there was absolutely no, no way they were going to make it to the end. Bottas retired at the end, so did Alban, so did Sargent. Quite unfortunate. I also have to mention that Bottas then recovered after the first incident. And, I mean, it just seems that he was not his day. He was happily fighting at the back. And Perez came and ruined his race. Largely his race. And... I will explain what happened with Paris now uh, as a parenthesis because some of you might think why is Paris starting fifth and then suddenly having a collision with Bottas who was at the very back qualifying at the very back. So what happened is that off the line Paris is fifth but very very aggressive and for no reason I think whatsoever had Lewis to him to his side on the left. He was going to be sandwiched, but for no apparent reason, takes a sharp left, hits Lewis. Lewis sustained, I guess, a bit of damage. Lewis had to go on, to, on, on the grass a bit. A bit shaken on the first corner, lost a couple of positions. Eh, not sure what happened, but Perez was really aggressive. Perez actually lost more in these in this unfortunate accident had to go back to the pits fortunately for him there was a safety car right after the first lap i mean after the first corner because of all the debris that was all over the place uh, turn one because of butters so urban probably bits of, of paris and probably bits of hamilton lying around there also off the line, I have to mention Leclerc and Sainz because it wasn't really clear to me what happened with Leclerc having had quite an average start. Sainz was really quick off the line, gets in the middle between Leclerc and Perez. And Sainz was going to be sandwiched within, between those two. Perez then took evasive action a bit too aggressively to my taste against Lewis but Leclerc was very very aggressive on signs and essentially for the same price they would have both have been out I mean I wonder if, if Leclerc is trying to prove something here 
being so, so desperately aggressive against his teammate. Perhaps he's a bit gutted after the not-so-shiny weekends at Singapore or Monza. So anyways, signs Leclerc, quite a bumpy start with Perez having a, a very, very bad start. With Alonso profiting from all these more than anyone else, he was starting 10th and by the first corner he was 6th. He had overtaken Perez, he had overtaken the, uh, both... Um, he was just behind the the Ferraris. He was he had overtaken Hamilton also, also Russell. So he was he was just on a on a nice ride. There all all was shining for him. Very good, very reactive as as always. I there's nothing to say there. So safety car. Paris comes in, puts a new front wing. Puts a new set of tyres, so does um, Arben, so does uh, Sargent, so does Bottas, so does, yeah, uh, yeah. so they all go for all the, all the drivers that have been involved in these, in these incidents at the start of the race, put a new set of tyres, front wings were needed. And so the, the, the race continues, but Paris is now at the back, it's literally last he actually um, he gets a five second penalty for infringement procedure during the safety car. I beg to differ with that, but the FIA sometimes has a very strange way of interpreting the, the rules, but five second penalty for that. It, uh, Paris is at the back and then he has to make all this all the way I mean he essentially drive through the field in order to try to reach the front position and as he does that he encounters Bottas and he goes desperately desperately for Bottas at the hairpin and he was coming from a mile and a half away he still went for it plunged the car with one little mistake is that Bottas had already committed to that corner and he was almost, I mean, three quarters in where Perez torpedoes him as a bumpy car, as, as, it was, was, as, as if he was driving a bumpy car and shoves Bottas off to the, to, to the, to the grass, to the, to the runoff area. And Perez is like, oh my gosh, it was his mistake. Well, I mean, you you came from a mile away, you torpedoed him. How is that Bottas' mistake? Bottas was not so happy, and after that, he had to give in and retire the car. I mean, there was no way that car could sustain two big accidents on, on the same race. So, end of race for Bottas. So, continue the race with a new front wing. So, so the team at the beginning, I mean, Alfa Romeo had a difficult, a very difficult start of the race with a lot of changes um, at the at the pit lane. And Perez was just having a very difficult weekend. I mean, he was having accidents here and there all through the race. Very, very aggressive, but. But not in a nice way, more like in a desperate way where you just don't know what you're doing and you're just 
trying to, to I don't know, to, to lose it or I don't know, I don't know, actually I don't know. But anyways, he has a horrible race and by lap 40 they decide to, to bring him in because, I mean, there is no way he's going anywhere, he's dead last, he's got a five second penalty. His teammate is actually leading the race, so Paris very difficult race, I, I would say mentally for him. And he, he gets back in the pits and for 20 laps he's sitting in and suddenly he gets out five laps to the end in order to purge the five second penalty he had been handed for that incident with Bottas. And at that point they they leave, leave, let him out again. He does one lap, comes in, purges the, the penalty, gets out again. This is in lap, out of 53 laps, in lap 47. He goes in the pits, purges the five second penalty, get out and then retires the car again. I've never seen ever in my life before, ever, if I can recall correctly, a situation where the driver retires the car and then after 20 laps he's permitted to get back on track, do a couple of runs and then retire the car. I mean, I guess on that basis he could have finished the race even if he was 15 laps behind the race leader. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't even know how, how you would process this in terms of, of, of the chance, but whatever. That's that. At the front, Verstappen, he was unbeatable all through the race, dominant as always. With Piastri and Norris fighting like hell, they did a really good job. They were, they were regressive, they were nicely there. With eventually Norris being faster than Piastri, which then led to, to Nor uh, Norris coming second and Piastri third on the podium, but still they did a good job. Norris was flushing the lights all through the, through the race, especially uh, after, the after the second pit stop saying, hey guys, I'm so much faster. Okay guys, I'm so much faster. I'm going to shout here because, I mean, you don't seem to listen to me. And eventually the, the team gave orders to not Piastri to let him by. With Leclerc having quite a easy race, he didn't. He was, I think, in no man's land, running fourth all the way through with no major issues. Nice pit stop. Nothing major happened to him. He didn't have to fight much. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he didn't really have a challenge to to really struggle for. Hamilton had a very difficult race, as I said, quite, quite bumpy here and there. It's difficult to start and then had quite difficult couple of laps with, with Russell because essentially from, from, from lap two to the first pit stop, Russell was behind him and he was breathing down Hamilton's neck. And at some point during lap four, five, six, seven, Russell was desperately trying to overtake Hamilton and we saw the best of Hamilton being overtaken by Russell and then undoing it on sector three with a great pass 
with a great pass, pass by, by Russell and an amazing overtake by Hamilton at the back, at the back uh, um, after, yeah, on section three after the hairpin to the, to the back straight. Very good driving by Hamilton. A bit aggressive, perhaps, a bit too aggressive, if, if you think about it. He was, it was actually, Russell did complain about it and the stewards actually took note of it because he did actually push Russell off the track. The radio messages from Mercedes, we did not hear them, but I would imagine they did tell him to hold it off and not be so aggressive. And I am also certain that they did tell Russell to hold it off because he, he gave up after that that try he didn't keep pushing in order to to avoid any any contact he did though mention on the radio are we fighting between both of us like idiots or are we fighting for for against all the drivers signs as for himself not the easiest race again he felt like he was driving by himself not for with the team behind him they they did a strategy where Leclerc was pitted at the right time. They left Sainz too long, and then Hamilton under, undercutted him, so pitted earlier, which meant Sainz had to go longer. But at that point, longer war four because he was losing. So by the time he pitted, he was behind the two Mercedes. Not good. Not good at all. He wasn't happy. He was actually telling the, the team, why didn't, if you've left me out now, just leave me out. I will extend my, my, my stint and try to go for one pit stop. But the team did not listen to him. They gave him the order and eventually he, he, he followed it, pitted the second pit stop and then had to go on a, on a sprint race against Russell and Hamilton trying to, to get them. He reached Hamilton quite fairly and quite fairly quickly. And by lap 43-44, he was right behind the two Mercedes where Russell and Hamilton were holding off the Ferrari. And happily, happily ever, um, like, this, like the like the business story, they were all in a happy threesome there. And they were smiling to the point that Russell was like, whoa, what am I doing here? I've, I've been in this situation before. So he did say, well, let's, let's use this situation to our advantage and do what science did to us in Singapore, but now use, him, use it against him. Hamilton at the same time was calling on the radio, hey guys, let me buy because I am so much faster than Russell that is actually on all hearts. He's trying to go long. He was trying to go just for one pit stop. He actually did it, but it did not serve the purpose they had hoped for. And by lap 47, he was, he was struggling a lot with tires. So Hamilton had to press and press and press. Russell was, was, was fighting the order and eventually the radio gave him the order, the very, very straight, direct military order of this is not up for discussion, this is just an order, just just do it, abide by it. 
and so did Russell. He was very, very skilled, letting by Hamilton, but not Sainz at turn one, which is not an easy thing, I can tell you that for sure. But it, they, they worked it out successfully. And then Russell was holding up Sainz just for a lap, but it was long enough for Hamilton to, to create that 1.7 gap. And by the time Sainz overtook Russell in lap 45, there was just under six laps, six, yeah, six, five laps to go to the end. He had to reach Hamilton, so cut a two-second gap to Hamilton and then overtake him. It was just not long enough because Sainz finally came sixth and Russell seventh. It was really fun. It was really interesting to watch. Really skilled fighting there. Very good um, racecraft by, by all, from all these drivers. And then Alonso eighth, as I said, very good start starting tenth, then running seventh, and then something that just doesn't add up happened during the first pit. They pitted him so early, he essentially undercut everyone, but in t instead of undercutting the other drivers in the grid, he just pitted too early. And so he was running on used tires by the time the other drivers swapped for tires so he was at a disadvantage all the time he pitted for hearts at the uh, the first stint then he found himself thrown in the lions as he very literally put it over the radio and then he couldn't fight with anyone not with hamilton not with Sainz, not with russell with nobody that everyone was overtaking him and his old or used hearts actually were no much were not sufficient to overtake Gasly that was in front of him by lap 30 and he just couldn't do it he he just didn't have the top speed to to overtake gas uh, Ocon pardon me Ocon and then he, he he told the team okay guys think of an out strategy and so the team decided to pit him for hearts again to go all the way to the end and he finished P8 managing to overtake quite a few drivers from P11 to P8 at the at the end, holding back both Alpines. But I think it was it was quite a nefarious strategy by by Aston Martin. You would think that when you are not performing so well in terms of of air efficiency, if you're not at the at the front doing a great job, you might as well do the strategy spot on and the pit stops in order to to compensate. Here the pit stop were, were good, but the strategy was just a bit weird. I mean, it, I think it paid off in the end because Alonso is just amazing. He he fought like 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 I've never I mean like I've seen him before, of course, but but very aggressively and very very himself as always. Especially during during the first part of the, the race, you could see and Alonso that was was on rage. He has, she he started on on soft tires as opposed to the other drivers who were running mediums. So he had a bit of a competitive advantage. He tried to go for signs at the restart after the safety car, but just didn't have the car to to go hunt him. And then eventually the, the soft tire started to. to to collapse in that way, I guess he had to go for early hearts so so early on on the, on, on the race. Not not a good race for Aston Martin again, I would think. Stroll had to retire because he had a rear wing issue. 
they did tell Alonso to watch out for Cubs. I guess some some something then in the, in the rear wing, probably some, the way it was attached, or some it did break or some micro damage appeared that they they weren't sure if it was safe to run it. And then P9 and P10, both Alpins, Ocon and Gasly. I think they did a rather good job. Um, I mean, extracting, I think, all there is from that Alpin. Really good top speed, perhaps losing a bit more in sector two. With uh, Lawson coming 11th, very good race by him. And Tsunoda following him at P12. Really good race from these two Alphataris, especially Tsunoda who was racing in front of his home crowd. And as I said, just to confirm, Arben, Paris, Sergeant, Stroll and Boss retired, which I mean, is a big number to, to be honest, quite a lot of drivers retired there. And all the, the big celebrations are on Red Bull's side because they clinched to, to the Constructors' Championship. They have crowned themselves at Suzuka, which is quite ideal if you, if you like, because of course, the car is running a Honda Power unit, so very, very. They were very, very happy. They they did in front of their home crowd in a way. So certainly Japanese for Honda. So good job for them. Now the constructor is a, is, is a fight for second and third place with Mercedes running second, Ferrari third, and Aston Martin fourth. With McLaren coming fifth, they will probably be able to, to reach Aston Martin rather soon, soon um, given the, the great results by, by McLaren and the poor scoring by Aston Martin, given that they are only fighting with one driver at the moment, well, at the moment and, and even all the time. So, yeah, very good. I mean, congratulations to the, to the Austrian team, to Red Bull. They have done an amazing result at dominating. They have brought a car that is is a rocket, as opposed to tractors, as it feels when you compare the two the two. I mean, the, the Red Bulls to the rest of the team of the of the grid. I think just to pick up on on Verstappen words during during the press conference on on Friday, he did say that if you were a Formula One fan, you had to, in a way, give in and, 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 and admire the, the result of, of what they have achieved. And I have to say that it is true that to a certain extent that, that you have to pay the tribute to not give the Caesar what, what belongs to the Caesar in, in a biblical sense. They've done an incredible job. It's not easy to bring a car to Formula One, definitely not easy to bring a car that that, that is a that is a front runner car, and definitely almost impossible to bring a car that is so dominating as the as as the Red Bull has been this year. So con huge congratulations to him, and he also speaks, I think, highly of Christian Horner, and of course all the management surrounding him, all the people at the back of the factory, all the people that that give their lives, gives give, they give all they have to. To making this team successful as they have done for, for in the past and also force all the people that work in Formula One, whether it be Mercedes, Ferrari or any other team, they they sacrifice their lives for a sports that is that is passion this passion that is is more than just a weekend for 
of racing is is literally your life and it, it is full dedication to it it speaks very high level of these people working there people that i mean at all levels engineers computer uh, computer engineers um, electrical engineers mechanical engineers but also in the management people that that, that really create the the, the the structure to make it happen and of course uh, the head of all these is at the top of the pyramid it's people like christian horner people like total wolf people like uh, like i don't know uh, yeah um, there's i mean franz Storstein and alfatari or uh, mike crack and aston martin all these people that, that are the face but there's so many people behind that are the, the the unsung heroes if you want if you like with the Drivers' Championship now being Verstappen, Paris, Hamilton, Verstappen being, of course, I think in the, in the next few races, able, I think it's in the next race, the race after, I think it's the next race, uh, he's, he will be able to, to, to clinch the, the Drivers' title, which will make him a three times world champion, which is again a, an achievement. Not so many drivers can say so. And if you like, I mean, regardless of whether you like him as a driver, he's been close to perfect this season. No mistakes. Calm. He's been aggressive, decisive. He's been what you expect from a from a top Formula One driver, and he most certainly belongs to be part of the of a very very selective club of of renowned drivers in the sports. With Paris second, I would dare to say that he's going to struggle to hold on to that P2 in the championship if he continues to perform as he's been lately. Hamilton is not far away from him and I am certain with uh, just 30 points, 33 points, separating the two of them Hamilton is going to go like a hunting dog after Paris tried to get that P2 in the championship I know it's just a matter of pride and I am certain that if Alonso has the opportunity he will most certainly also go and hunt that wild mammal as the hunting act 2004 puts it with Sainz 5th, Leclerc 6th, again these two drivers, I don't really understand what's the, the big fuss about it. The Leclerc is still being nourished by, by, by Ferrari as if he was the, 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 the unsung hero, the promised, the, the baby boy. They, they absolutely protect him, I think, especially this weekend they had something, uh, something in their minds to... to to really make a point for, for, for Leclerc and try to put him mentally back where, where they think he should be and give him back the confidence. It seemed that, I mean, especially during the first stint, Leclerc and Sainz were actually just running 1.5 second difference, um, Sainz being just 1.5 seconds behind him. And he did look like he had the pace to, to, to go hunt eventually put things difficult for, for Leclerc but I feel like he was giving orders to, to hold back and, and and not annoy Leclerc which I mean 
at the end of the day, Sainz is ahead of him and the end of the season is quite close. So you might as well bet on your on on your on the driver who is high on the on the on the driver's championship and eventually try to maximize scores for the constructors because if you're not so far away as it is the case uh, from Mercedes in the constructor you might as well try your maximum and, and, and clinch that P2 if possible with Norris, Russell, Piastri 7th, 8th and 9th respectively and then Stroll P10 with 47 points which is quite shameful if you think of his teammate Alonso with 174 points. Norris and Piastri, I'm sure this is not really a reflection of where the car is at the moment. I'm sure they will they should be able to to go put things difficult for Leclerc and Sainz at the back uh, for fifth and, and sixth position. And Russell probably having um, a close fight with Leclerc and Sainz towards the end of the year for P, probably, probably fighting for P5, P6, if you reckon the Tim McLarens. With that said, I think that's all I have to say on my side. I would have to say that it's been a mildly interesting, mildly, I have to say mildly, it wasn't very, very interesting, very, very exciting, but a mildly interesting race with quite a lot happening at different stages, which made it quite interesting to watch. It wasn't as fun as, as others have been and perhaps I am a bit biased because neither Alonso or Sainz actually were at the front so it kind of doesn't feel the same when your driver is not winning. So on that note before I reach the one hour mark I would like to thank you everyone for, for, for tuning in. As always don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to, to share and if you have any suggestions, if you would like to comment the show, let me know on, let me know and, well, have a good Sunday. Thank you.